Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of Hey Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined by the godfather of the rock and roll scene in Nashville, Mr. Benji Brown himself. Benji, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good, Daniel. How you doing, bud? You know, I'm alive. I'm breathing. Um, I don't have the plague, so it's a, it's a win. Today is a win. Could be worse, yeah. Could be worse, but you know what's not much worse is our subject that we're covering today. Oh, I know. Oh. Halloween Havoc 1998, the iconic set that everyone remembers. It's the Warrior versus Hulk Hogan and Goldberg versus DDP on top. Lots of meat on the bone here. Benji, how did you, just overall, how did you feel about watching going back to you know 1998 and watching uh, this old WCW show? Well, I watched I watched a couple matches last week, and then I wanted to go back and watch it all straight through last night. And I believe I texted you at the end. I said Halloween Havoc 1998, a night full of low blows, Nitro Girls, dumb referees, and too much downtime. Hey, so too much. I feel like that explains everything. <laughs> nailed Absolutely nailed it. Um, yeah, man. Well, let's just jump right into it here. We're going to be a little bit all over the place. It's just one show. So uh, we're going to try to, like, make it kind of correlate to the current product. You know, I know we've been talking more about, like, current wrestling shit lately. So we'll uh, we'll get to it. But um, I will say that the opening package here for the Hogan, like, Warrior was, like, straight cheese. Like, the opening package to this promo was, like, nacho cheese that you get at, like, a football game. Just, like, really, really bad. Uh, I will say, though, that, that this Halloween Havoc set was, like, the most iconic. Like when I think of Halloween Havoc, I think of that weird like vampire guy and the big pumpkin. Yeah, the pumpkin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like it's a pretty iconic thing. Any thoughts on just like the opening package or like that that set? That intro music is insane. Like yeah. for some reason, like I hated it, but at the same time, I liked it. It was just weird. It brought me back. I mean, 22 years now, right? 22 years. It's crazy when you yeah, think about well, that. But I mean, well, these these openings were kind of regular around this time you know yeah i kind of forgot that so yeah it's um, a nice little dose of nostalgia yeah and the, the other thing that i remember that, that i i wasn't a big fan of wcw around this time i i, I would watch it but i was a wwf guy so sure. i don't really remember a lot of these storylines and don't remember i had forgotten completely that bruce the fucking barber beefcake was like part of the OWN and did all yeah. that, you know, like yeah. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Then he never even showed up at the pay-per-view either, which I thought was interesting, but really yeah, I, I mean, really it was nostalgic for sure. Yeah. Uh, so lots of nostalgia. I got kind of hyped when that happened. And then we have this weird, awful, like Rick Steiner, Buff Bagwell promo with Mean Gene. Um, it was really bad. I mean, bad is like putting it mildly. It, it, some of it just wasn't even coherent. Um, Poor Mean Gene looked like he was just trying to keep it together. You could tell by the look on his face, like, this is just trash, and he's trying to get through with it. And yeah. uh, Buff Bagwell rocking that FUBU baseball jersey. I mean, Oh, it's so 90s. Oh, 1998 was just it. loud there. Oh, God. What did you think about that Rick Steiner, Buff Bagwell, like, promo exchange thing? Well, I just thought, so much barking. I'm like, I, I swear to God, there was more barking between the two of them in that little promo that my dogs have done in the last 10 years. Yeah, like, it nice. was ridiculous. And I, and I get it. I mean, he's a dog face gremlin. I, but I don't know, just too much barking, but I kind of want to take it back a little bit when they were doing the intro before that happened. And before we saw the nitro girls for the first time, 
yeah. when Bobby and 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 Tanae and then they were they were talking about the, the breakdown of the card. Yeah. And Bobby just kept saying he hit Horace. Hogan hit Horace. That's his dead brother's nephew. Like yeah. For some reason, I just thought that whole banter and the fact that he keeps bringing it up throughout the pay per view, I thought that was just fun. it's just classic Bobby. So classic um, Bobby. Yeah, classic Bobby. And then I growing up, I mean, I'm you know I I'm gay, but I had a huge crush on the red haired Nigel girl, and her name was Terry Byrne. And I had a big, huge poster of her on my wall growing up, and uh, I had forgotten completely, totally about her. So Mega crush. Pop up on the TV. I brought back little. Yeah, she was fire, stuff. right? That was like her Nitro Girl name was fire. Yeah, that was her. Yeah, yeah she was yeah. fire. Yeah. Nice, so. nice. Getting into. The but yeah, no, I just wanted to touch on those couple things really quick. But yeah, no, there's so much marking, horrible promo. I, 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 yeah. And and I mean, I already feel like just in that promo, Buff's got to turn, right? I mean, Buff's gonna turn later. Sure. So, of course. you know, I, I just I was like, they were like, oh, I trust you now. I'm like, no, you don't. He's going to turn. Yeah. Just so. the way it was set up was just so um, predictable. Yeah. So predictable, man. So elementary, I should say, like just very, like very, very carny backwoods mm-hmm. fairgrounds wrestling. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So match number one here on the card, though. Don't worry. We'll definitely talk about the Nitro Girls a lot more on this episode. For oh, sure. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, so match number one here is Raven uh, versus Chris Jericho. And the promo work was awesome. Uh, the match itself was pretty good, too. I liked the whole, like, you know, what about me? What about Raven? I'm not really going to wrestle you. And then it turned uh-huh. into a, to a pretty good match. I, I thought from top to bottom, like, Raven, this at this point in his career, Raven could still really go and still really had, like, a lot in the tank. Uh, and Jericho is, you know, arguably the greatest of all time, if not yeah. among the greatest of all time. Uh, so I... Yeah, I mean, I love the match. Like, for me, I, I know that I really enjoyed the match when my notes are kind of short. Because when my notes get long, I know that that means it was probably trash and I have a lot to bitch about. Uh, uh-huh. But for me, this one, like, this is tied for match of the night to me. Um, Raven versus Jericho. I loved it. I thought it was, I was like, man, after this first match, I was like, dude, this might be a pretty good card. Like, this was pretty solid. I like that they're both exchanged. They're both legends now. What did you think? I mean, overall, oh, yeah, by the way, we have a new grading system on the show. Uh, oh, okay. The kayfabe crew came up with, you know, it's we're not doing stars, we're not doing letter grades anymore. Out of a six pack, how many beers was this good? Oh, okay, all right. Um, I, I think I thought it was four out of six beers. Same, I, four out of six yeah. beers, solid, yeah. Yeah, I'd say four out of six beers. I what watching Raven at this at this point of his career, because uh, I I was a huge ECW fan too, yeah. and like I said, WCW was just something that I would just kind of pay attention to. Uh, I just don't understand why Raven wasn't bigger than he was at this point. Like, sure. I don't really necessarily see, like, him going against Hulk Hogan or, you know, being in that main event. But, I mean, I feel like he he could have – he should have been bigger. And WWF should have made him oh, bigger. Oh, sure. Team over during the Attitude for sure. Era and the, I mean, Raven really impressed me during this. And the whole promo work was amazing. And I kind of wish that we had the old music because – Jericho coming out to break the walls down was kind of funny for me. Yeah, that was. Um, it, it did feel a little awkward. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, they do that with other, like, superstar wrestlers, too. I mean, granted, like, Booker T kind of kept the exact same, um, yeah. kind of kept the exact same theme. Um, and then Inferno kind of did, too. Wait, did Disco ever wrestle in WWE? Oh, no, no, no. No, but, I mean, like, the music's different. Like, oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Like, some, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know how that. I mean, I, I know that all the properties that were like Turner, 
Uh, that's why, like, the NWO one was actually just a Turner backlog, like, music thing that they had. So all the stuff that was Turner got got turned over. So, like, I, I think that maybe some of the songs were, like, Jimmy Hart's or something like that. And so, like, gotcha. they did they don't license them and so that's why it's like some of them are different and some of them are the same um like obviously like big ones like goldberg's is the same and um you know ddp's was the same yeah uh no wait i think they did use a different a different one for, for oh DDP. wait for ddp yeah i was gonna say i think they they didn't do the sub high five they had a different theme song for him yeah but it was similar it, it, they made it they at least oh, yeah. tried on that one to make it a little similar um but yeah, man. Overall, I think I'm in the same boat. I gave it, I gave it four beers out of six for sure. I thought it was a pretty solid match. Yeah. Um, you know, you gotta love seeing both those guys in their prime too. I mean, dude, do you even know what Raven is doing now? Like, no, it's, a it's a now. It's like it's insane that he's opening the show. Jericho is as the television champion, and he's, you know, also le champion. So it's like right. he's also still on TNT, which is kind of insane to really think about. But yeah, poor Raven. But, but... Like, yeah, kind of sucks for him, but, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, well, I mean, he, he made some money. He did all right. Yeah, I mean, he's probably he's he's probably still doing the autograph circuits and that kind of stuff. So. Oh, I'm sure he is. And I think he's got a podcast too. I don't listen to it, yeah. but I, I think he does have one. I had a couple other things uh, for the for this match. If if you cool. have a little bit of time, yeah, keep it going. So I remembered yeah. during the interview, Raven's six words. What about me? What about Raven? Like, I still I knew those for some reason, you know. And I never oh, yeah. Raven in WCW, but I still knew that all these years later. Yeah. So that kind of impressed me a lot too. It's how that kind of stuck with me. Um, yeah, totally. See, this was a first low blow with a night. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, held Raven's, he held Raven. He held short, so then gave him a low blow. Crowd got loud for Raven toward the end. So I thought the crowd was kind of turning to Raven because Jericho kind of got healed towards the end of the match by pulling yeah. the turnbuckle up, the turnbuckle pad off, and everything. So I don't know. I feel like everybody was invested, and then Canyon popped up, which I was a big fan of Canyon. Oh um, yeah, for sure. I, I, he's he's he he left us too soon, but I don't know. It was a great opening. I'm with you 100. percent I feel like uh, if this is what this card's gonna be, I'm I'm sold 100. percent Yeah, totally, man. I mean, it was to to me to me I was I was really hyped like going into everything after this. I was like, man, like I was like, wait, isn't that Eddie Ray match like on this on this show? But then I realized it was on the show before, and that kind of bummed me out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so right after this match, there's like a Bischoff and Hogan promo that they kind of cut for no reason. Like there at this point, there's no reason for them to have another promo on the main event that were that's already you're, you've already paid for it. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like it, it, there, there was seriously absolutely no point to have this promo here. Uh, and there's nothing really memorable from it other than like Bischoff was like a really yippy dog. Like it was like Hogan would just talk and talk and talk. And at one point, like <laughs> Bischoff just like pulled the mic away from Hogan to say something like, yeah, you tell him. And then like in the middle of a sentence and I'm like, what, uh-huh. is, what is, what is happening? Biggest, what? biggest arms in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Like we're all here, bro. We all know that you're Hulk Hogan. Like we all know you've been doing this whole NWO thing for a couple of years now too. Like, like I don't you know, know how it goes, you know. Yeah, it felt like dead space altogether. Uh, not really gonna rate that promo, but uh, next match on the card here is Wrath versus Ming. Uh, give me your overall on this one. Give me your deep, deep, dirty notes on this one. Oh, one out of five. I'll drink one beer to this. Um, one, out, one out of six. One out of six. My bad. Yeah, one out of six. Um, I liked Adam Bomb in WWF, but I, I mean, he's just a typical big guy. Ming yeah. scares the shit out of me. Like, he yeah. could, I, I would. Because we've would, all heard the stories. Oh, right. I mean, if he comes in and tells me that I need to, like, shoot myself in the head, I'm going to shoot myself in the head. Like, I'm going to do whatever he tells me to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
I was surprised that uh, Wrath got being up for that finisher. That was scary. Him oh, was for sure. Up. I was. I thought he was going to get jumped on his head. Um, but I mean, the match was just a slow, typical big guy match. Just lots of no selling, boring punches and kicks. And I mean, you know, I, I just one out of six. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of there with you, too, with the one out of six for me. Um, maybe actually, like, more like a half a beer for me, really, on this one. And it's kind of sad because I actually th- – I always felt like Raph um, – I felt like Brian always had a I, – I think he I think he always should have been the guy. I mean, like, to me, it's like there had to have been some kind of politics with him. Maybe he just partied too much at the wrong times or whatever. Because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've heard Bruce say, like, well, you know, he just really didn't have it. But it's like, dude – he was way over his Adam Bomb. And, like, on the promos, they weren't bad, especially for that, like, cheesy, you know, new generation, like, WWF. He was on par. He was just as good as, like, Vader was or anybody else, like, on the mic. And he had a great physique. When he got in the ring, he got people hyped. I, I, I liked his work rate. To me, this to me, Wrath and, like, Adam Bomb, those two characters both had severe, like, severe potential that just they just didn't decided not to use uh i mean i know it's kind of the story of wcw but it really blows my mind they didn't keep pushing him as adam bomb maybe it was a money thing and that's why he jumped to wcw i'm not really sure uh as far as mingos like because of the haku if you will um because of those like stories like he's like legendary but to be totally fair i could never see a ming match and not have ever missed him i don't think he did i don't think he was a terrible wrestler but i don't think like he didn't give anything to the business. I don't think nothing that he has like in in the ring between the ropes is really memorable. Nothing. I don't yeah, think he ever I, had like, a huge match or anything. You know. I totally agree. I think that the only thing that stands in my head was uh, at WrestleMania. I think it was six when he came out with Andre the Giant. Like that's yeah. literally the only thing that ever sticks in my head for Haku or Ming. I I, I agree with you one hundred percent. It's I, Ming and the Barbarian and a tag team for me. That's what sticks uh, out they, mostly uh, for uh, Ming. Ming. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what sticks out mostly to me. Uh, um, but yeah, this match was just was pretty forgettable. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I disagree that Raph didn't have it though. I think he could have made it. It just didn't get pushed. I mean, booking is kind of everything. He had the look. I think he was good on the mic. He just got booked into obscurity. So I think we're both both about half to one beer deep on that one. Let's keep let's yeah. keep it rolling here. There was a pretty awkward like WCW.com exchange like with Kidman. I feel like when I watch stuff like this from the nineties and they're doing like dot com stuff because it was so like baby stages, it's almost like I'm watching like a cyberpunk like sci fi movie. You know what I mean? It's like it almost feels like it didn't really happen, even though I lived through it and I know it absolutely did happen. It just felt like this like dystopian, like pre tech like movie that I was almost watching. Yeah, you're right. That, I mean, like, for me, the, every time they flashed back and did that kind of thing, I was like, man, I forgot that the internet was so lame in the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just awkward. And I, don't, I think that Billy, K- I don't know, the, the whole interview thing, I feel like they answered the same question a dozen times. And, again, more filler. I mean, the pay-per-view didn't even get fully aired. This is more filler, just like the Eric Bischoff and the whole Hulk interview. It could have just been scraped. I mean, we didn't really need it, you know? But, yeah. Yeah, and the WCW.com guy, he's also, like, the voice of Tony the Tiger. So when he's, like, ripping with somebody else later, he's like, he's got this voice and the way he's talking. And all I'm, like, hearing is, like, Tony the Tiger from my childhood. Holy so, shit. I've got to go back and listen to that. It's the same guy. I can't yeah, remember. I, I, I know I, it's I, Lee. No Lee something. It's either Lee. Lee, there's either, Lee is either his first name or his last name. I can't remember oh. which one it is, but it's Lee something. And he was the, vo- he was the legitimate voice of Tony the Tiger in the 90s. So, like. Oh, shit. 
yeah, so like it's really funny to have like I don't know, every time I hear him talk now, once I found that out, it was like it all I all I hear is Tony the Tiger. So I could just laugh. Oh that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, somebody tweet us who that is. I forgot his actual name. Somebody somebody put it in the feed, but uh yeah, man, let's move on here. Match number three. So the way this is breaking down, the reason why Kidman had this interview is because there's going to be a number one contenders match for the cruiserweight title. And the winner of that match will face Billy Kidman later on in this same show, which I'm seems so excited. Seems really stupid to me. Why would you not put this on Thunder as your go-home show? You could even made this the main event, too, with these kind of wrestlers because of the, how, how good the work rate was for the cruiserweight division. Uh, and I will say the work rate was good in this match. Disco Inferno versus Juventud Guerrero. It was surprisingly aggressive out of the gate. Like, it felt almost like strong style, especially in, a, like, a 90s world where that wasn't really a, a common thing. Even in the cruiserweight division, it was more like lucha style. But I felt like Hubie was more aggressive and more strong. I don't know how else to say that. Uh, just in deliberate. And, and both of them, too. Even Disco, like, who's generally more of a gimmick guy. I felt like they were both pretty hard-hitting, and I appreciate that. Uh, I thought the work it was crisp, and to be honest, the crowd was pretty hot for the match. Uh, it did drag a little in spots, um, and it would have gotten a much better rating if it was a little bit shorter. Like, I feel like it just went, like, maybe three minutes too long. So I'm going to go, like, two and a half beers out of six on this one. Uh, pretty good. Like, I enjoyed it, um, but it was just a little too long. Like, this this match could have been a real, like, it would have probably would have ranked or at least tied with a match of the night for me in this shit card. Uh, but it was, I mean... I, I didn't hate it. What do you think about Juventud Guerrero versus Disco Inferno? I actually gave it one out of six beers. I, I didn't like it at all. Um, and that's fair. That's why we do the show. That's why we do the show. I feel like Hubie laid it bad outside the ring when he first dove outside the ring. I feel like he was being a little reckless. I feel like that sure. the two of them were just – there was so much downtime and so much showboating on Disco's part. I know that's part of his character, but I feel like it was just extra – and I feel like there was a lot of, of um, well, we were supposed to do this and you're forgetting, or I don't remember what's supposed to happen right now, or let me go ahead and put you in a sleeper hold again, even though I just let you out of it 30 seconds ago, let me put you back into, you know, like I yeah. feel like it just drag. And I did say as well, I wish it would have gone uh, three or four minutes less in time. Um, the second cross shot of the night happened during this match. Yeah. Um, I was happy to see the How many were there total? Did you, did you, did you count them? The final total was, let me see, it's in my notes. Let me scroll down. I think it was seven for the night. Ooh. All right, so uh, from now on, every time we talk about a low blow, you listeners at home, you guys take a drink. <laughs> yeah, blow, low blow, low blow number Yeah, there's seven. So, yeah, take your second drink. Yeah, there um, you go. Right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I, it made me happy to see a pile driver in a match. I, I thought that was... I did like, and I thought, I thought Disco did a great job of, like, there was a good jumping spike pile driver. Booby yeah. sold it well. Up- like, like bowed out, like it was. It looked good. Yeah, and he did the same thing after this in, in, in his second match too, and just it looked great. The 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 pile driver was definitely the high point for me. But um, the camera the camera work on this match kind of caught me a little off guard too. Whenever Hoovy would do a Frankensteiner or or any of his like like you know flip over leg moves or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was a little lucha lucha because, moves. Yeah. Yeah, the lucha moves. There you go. The, uh, the camera would always focus on on Cisco Inferno's body and the way that he landed versus the way that Hoovy landed. So there oh, were I three see. times where it looked like Hoovy was taking the taking it too quickly or too or was was misjumping, and I thought he landed on his head. So I thought Hoovy was going to be dead by the end of the match because <laughs> yeah. the camera 
work was just I don't know. It just it was spotty. Nervous. It was spotty yeah. to say the least. Yeah. And I think that I think that may contribute to why I hate the match or dislike yeah. the match as much as I did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they talk about this a lot too in like the WCW books and stuff. Like because they were owned by Turner, like it was Turner Sports people that shot all those. Those were never WCW cameramen. It was always Turner Sports people, especially for uh-huh. the pay per view. So it's like they had no idea what they were doing. Whereas WWE had like a whole crew of their own that only shot wrestling. I mean, they even dude, did you know that they have like performance center jobs for cameramen? Like they have like backstage like jobs for cameramen. Oh, I had no idea. I like, yeah, I had no idea, but like that, it's it goes so deep. Like they have like exactly they have PA p- positions that you can just go train for at the performance center and make like twenty oh. grand a year or something. Like I would love to do that shit. That'd right? be great. Yeah, man, I had the opportunity to go down there like two years ago for a little thing, and it was it was eye opening to say the least. Being able to visit there was was super 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 cool. Like having the opportunity just to go and be a part of that, like something actually behind the scenes in WWE was super super fun for me. Oh, uh, I would. I would murder for the opportunity to have a chance or something like that just even just to go i mean it's so expensive but they have those performance things where you can come and you know get the backstage walk through and all that yeah. kind of stuff and it's yeah, just i think so it's like expensive. 350 a person or something like that i'm sorry like 350 a person or something like that yeah it's like 350 a person plus you know you gotta fly down there then the hotel and then yeah it's a thousand dollar trip especially well, in orlando because exactly. it's a tourist city so all the hotels are always expensive because there's mm-hmm. disney world year-round you know so yeah, it's just it's just not it's not worth it to me. I'd rather, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe one day it's definitely on my bucket maybe list. Maybe but maybe maybe when you're expensive. rich and famous. Mm-hmm. I think my time's gone, Daniel. <laughs> oh no, never, it's never too late, my friend. It's never too late. That's what I keep telling myself, at least. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll see each other's uh, beat each other up and see if we can't. I love it. Out. I love it. I love it. Just, <laughs> we'll just keep scratching each other's back. We've only been doing it for like twenty years at this point. But yeah, right? I know. We haven't known each other long at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, speaking of uh, of things that might have had their time in the sun and probably won't ever happen again, it's another Nitro Girls segment. Um, Yay. Man, like, okay, listen, I don't really, I didn't hate the Nitro Girls bits. They were, first of all, they were too long. There was too many of them. But I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had a problem with them having as just as many as they had live for the crowd. Like, maybe show us half of them at home. But while the live crowd is is watching a, a, a Nitro Girls thing, you should be doing like. The vignette packages that WWE tends to do before every single match. There's always a three to four minute like video package, like explaining the feud, how we got here, the reason why they have an issue. You know what I mean? Like to this day, even like you can say what you want about the booking and about the performance and all that, but like the production and even down to like those little vignettes for the specials, for the network specials or pay per views or whatever you want to call them, they're on point. Like I don't have to watch Raw or SmackDown. I don't have to because. I can just keep up with the results online, and then if I watch the specials, I'm going to get a three- or four-minute package that shows me all the highlights that's led up to this match, so, exactly. so, which, I, which I appreciate. Um, and I, I understand it was 1998. The landscape was different. It wasn't a subscription service that you had to just get every pay-per-view, so you were probably keeping up with the weekly shows, um, it, or you wouldn't have ordered the pay-per-view to begin with. Um, so I, I can understand that. I just wish that they had gone the, a little bit more with the extra mile and not so much hairspray and makeup and ass, you know, you know what I mean? Right. Like a well, little I mean, bit of that. I like hair, hairspray, makeup and ass. I'm not going to lie. I, li- I, li- I like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it was a little too much. I feel like it was good for the time. I think sure. with, with, if you look at the demographic that's watching wrestling around that time, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, Gary Springer. It's, it's, and it's, like, yeah. I mean, it's, 
That's far I can yeah. carry over these kids. You know, like it's 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 Our shitty as that is to say, but uh, but I mean, there was what six or five or six different Nitro Girl segments. If you were giving me two, that would have been great. Sure, but you know, do it for the crowd when we're seeing the stuff at home. You know, like entertain the crowd. Because if yeah. you ever go to a WWE event, they'll bring people out. They'll be like, okay, yeah, so t-shirt cannon or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right, but now WWE, like before, you know, when they were touring, at least the last time I went, they bring like Kevin Owens to the ring, and then they play his music, and then there would just be three minutes of TV commercials while he stood in the ring, and then the lights would come back on, and then he'd be going back live. Like that's where yeah. the girls should have been utilized more. Totally. Like, maybe they were. I didn't go to a WCW event other than. Starcade '96. So, yeah. Oh, we're gonna have to talk about that one later. That's a different show. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was the one and only WCW show I ever went to, and uh, it was it was a blast. I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, I went to a couple Nitros. I went to one Thunder. I went to a Bash at the Beach that was in Tampa, Florida. I want to say that was '99. It was like towards the end. There was not very many people there. I remember going and being like, is this an indie show? I was like a freshman in high school. And I was like backyard wrestling at the time. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's a totally different show. Moving on, onward. Um, so uh, Scott Steiner gets his chance on the mic, and he's never been good on the mic. I don't care what anyone says. And this was actually oh, like the prime of his career. He's in town and ready to pound, though. That line, oh, I lost it i was like how can you even say that on this tv right now it's, well what's pay-per-view uh this one so you know i don't know man i thought the promo was awful though yeah. i thought that um i mean god it was it, I, let's say all right look i'll say rough at best and awful at worst it felt like last minute booking on a pay-per-view which should never happen ever uh and and like I feel like this, like to me, okay, to me, this is notoriously one of like the worst, at least the worst main events ever to be booked. And we're going to get to that. Um, But to me, this is the point in WCW because at this point they were steadily still winning the ratings wars. So like this was the point, this was the peak of the mountain to me. This was the very end, which means that like the momentum had already slowed going up. And you knew there was only way, anywhere to go but down. And, like, this was the crest of the show. And mm-hmm. everything else from WCW from this point on till March or April or May of, of 2001. I can't remember which month, but sometime in there. Until that time, that's just the steady decline. Like, yep. starts in 96. It's a five-year span. It's, like, two and a half years up and then two and a half years down. And to me, this, that's, why, that's why, to me, I really wanted to do this show because this is such a pivotal time for WCW. Hopefully so there's some people at AEW listening to the show and you guys can take some notes and not do this dumb shit so we don't have this situation with you guys. Yeah, uh, please, please don't go away. We would love to have you around forever and ever. Amen. Um, yes. So altogether, though, I thought, the, I thought the problem was garbage. J.J. Dillon is always a bore fest. And, yeah. uh, you know, when Tony calls an extra match a bonus on this show, I literally laughed out loud. I was like, <laughs> nice job, Tony. Like, I literally giggled in my bed, like, "Oh, it's a bonus. Is that's that's what this is? It's a bonus." Right. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I just I, I I thought I didn't understand. That was my note. I was like, the line, "He's in town and ready to pound." Even on pay per view, I'm just like, I don't understand how that can be said. You know. He's and big, then it was like, big oh, bad booty daddy. Right. And then like uh, another couple of sentences, I'm like, "What is he even talking about? None of this makes any sense." And then he said the phrase, "I have a freak on my left, a freak on my right, and one in the box." What does that mean? Like, 
does he just got three chicks? And like, what is his? I don't understand. Yeah, that's too many, by the way. Three is that's what. Three is too many. Oh yeah, too many. At that point, you're 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 not playing man to man anymore. You're playing in zone defense, and very few men can go that far. And I don't I don't believe that ham cubes could either. Not especially not with those steroid situations. Hey, but by the way, I feel like you should just take that monarch. You should just be the big bad booty daddy from now on. I should just be the big bad. Okay. The yeah, big sure. bad Benji daddy. I love it. I'll take it. Yes, that's that's a win for, for forever for life. Now here we go. Next match is Fit Finley versus Alex Wright. Okay, this is this is what I want to say about this match. I like the deep. UK technical style. I'm a super mark for NXT UK. I like I watch that probably more religiously than I'd say I watch AEW the most religiously. And then NXT UK because there's not very many they don't have very like takeovers or whatever. So they have pretty solid quality matches on the regular TV show on a regular basis, much like NXT used to be before it was a full on third brand. Um so this reminds me a lot of like a lot of those UK guys are really influenced by Regal and Finley and Alex Wright and, and, the, and those kind of guys. And so I, I I enjoyed it. I thought the technical wrestling aspect was great. The crowd fucking hated it, clearly. Yeah, like, they were, they like, weren't. booing and boring. And, like, like I, I thought it was great. And I, I, I will say that when they really started hearing the boos, they changed their style. And I thought the match started to suck after that. I was like, okay, now they're trying to do, like, American style to, like, make this crowd happier. And I, I thought it really, really jarred. Like the pace, I'd say like the first first four or five minutes of the match, I was really into it. And then they figured out the crowd wasn't into it and they changed the pace up. And I don't really think they were prepared to do that. And so to me, the match suffered. I felt like the finish came out of absolutely nowhere, too. Uh, the match was passable and I liked it for what it could have been and what it started off as. But I'm going to say a beer, one beer for this one. Wow. Yeah, um, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I said it feels like two different matches. And and I noticed that turn. It was like literally right when the crowd started chanting yeah. boring, it, it it became a different match. Yes. Um. I've always liked Fit Finley's work, and I was never a big fan of Alex Wright. But like I said, I've never really watched WCW. I'm just watching passing, so I don't feel like I ever gave him a fair chance. But this match made me want to go back and look at some of his other work. And, yeah. You know, see what else. Alex Wright, Dean Malenko. Those matches were a plus. Today? Oh, I was oh, a yeah. huge team fan too. So yeah, anything okay. he did like during like '96 to '98 was impeccable. That's it. That was that's that was right around that time when like you know Mysterio and Guerrero and and Benoit. That's where they were start. Like, yeah. was that the time period? '95, yeah. I mean, '96, '97. I would say no? like I'd say '97 was was the year. '97 okay. was the year of the cruiserweight. Like, I mean, that's when it really became. Mega. That's when Rey Mysterio okay. really blew up. Kidman like started doing the gainer off the top rope and calling it the shooting star. The sloppiest shooting star of all time, looking back. But at the time, I'd never seen it before, and it was amazing. So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as shitty yeah. as this pay-per-view is, uh, it made me want to go back and watch older you know, events. Yeah. So I, I don't even know where to start. So that's and good to know. Oh, we'll, so oh, we'll do that, my friend. We will do that. Okay. We'll get there um, for sure. But yeah, one one out of six. I agree with you completely. One out of six is what I have. So solid. Yeah. Not really. Kind of kind of annoyed by it, but it was. Yeah, there. I wish it would have just stayed the course. <laughs> so at least, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish it would have just stayed the course. Just deal with it. I wish Finley would have just like kicked him in the mouth and then like walked up to the crowd on the camera side and been like booed this and like grab his jock or something. You know what I mean? Just like make right. it heat and just go back right. to doing what you're doing. Like, um, but you know, whatever. 
Then we have Ernest Miller also doing a dumb WCW.com segment. Okay, this is the one. Because he's like, there's already a man who calls himself the greatest. There's always a man who calls himself the man of the hour. Like, uh-huh. And it's like, obviously, they're trying to book this whole James Brown versus Ernest Miller thing, which did actually happen, like, much later on. Um, really? Oh, yeah, it did. It, like, well, where, way past this. Way, like, I don't oh. want to say, like, towards, like, maybe 2000, maybe 2000, early 2001, before, like, right before they shut down. I'm not really sure exactly when, but I want to say it was during the Russo era. So it was... When the company was in the shitter, for sure. Right, uh, of course it was, yeah. Yeah, because that guy is just absolute poison. Um, uh, but yeah, moving on. Moving on, onward. Uh, next match here is Lodi versus Saturn. Uh, man, what did you think about Lodi versus Saturn? Give me your deep, dark, nasty notes on this one. I'm not too familiar with Lodi. Did he Did he wrestle as anybody else? Or did he have a stint anywhere else under a different name? Or is there nope. a reason why I wouldn't know him outside of this? Nope. Nope, okay. just some random WCW jabroni. Okay, um, well, they're, both of their outfits are interesting. It totally reminds me of a gay leather bar. Straight up. In. Saturn mean, walked I, out, I was like, oh, Benji's going to pop for that vest. I was like, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'm not, I, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, Perry Saturn's not a bad-looking guy to <laughs> me. I mean, he is my type of guy, but wearing this, like, I've seen straight guys wear this, or gay guys wear this. In bars, in real life. And I'm just like, it doesn't look bad on him, but I don't know why I should like it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so torn because, I mean, they're so, I mean, as a gay wrestling fan, it's a little bit different. We have a different way of looking at the guys that come just like you guys. You know, straight people have a different way of looking at the women. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I hated the ring gear. As much as I like it in a weird way, I absolutely hated it. So that was my first note. Um. I don't know. And then he said during the, I don't know the storyline with this, but then like a couple minutes into the match, they, one of the, I think it was today, he said something about Saturn was Lodi's slave in a previous storyline. Do you know what you think? Yeah. About oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So like they used to be, both of those guys were in the flock. The flock kind of disbanded. Uh-huh. And so like that's when this whole thing started. Like so some of the flock stuck together and Lodi was like the super lackey in in the flock. Like he was the guy that would like you know, I don't know, like lay down and let like Raven walk on him. You know what I mean? Like those like those those kind of things, like super, like super lackey. Um and so whenever they did the split of the flock, i I think he went with with Saturn for a while. Um I can't remember the exact details. I'm sure someone can can tweet us. It's been God. It's been 22 years, guys. I was like, yeah. I was like 13 years old when I was watching all of this, so it's a little different from my perspective of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a weird, there was a weird storyline before that. It just seems like there was a whole lot of gay undertone here. I mean, just from some. It's professional wrestling. There's tons I mean, of gay overtone and everything. <laughs> I try to turn a blind eye to that though. Daniel wrestling is real, damn it. Hey. But. No, I don't know. I mean, Saturn is a beast. I, I feel like he, he deserved better. I, I, I put him in the same boat with Raven. Why wasn't Saturn a bigger name? I mean, I feel like he his suplexes, uh, look, he looks like a monster in the ring, even though he's not huge in size. I gave the match two out of six beers. Uh, it wasn't horrible. Lodi didn't do bad. I didn't like the way that he went out of the ring and chased after the signs and brought him back just for that one spot. Because I was like, okay, well, the woman took the signs away. You remember this part? And yeah. Oh, yeah. After, and it got the signs. I'm like, okay, well, the signs are going to be used in the That was all match. impromptu, like, by the way. That was all impromptu. No, he was just trying to get heat. Like, oh, okay. okay. She, wasn't well, even, I, she was I, just security. She wasn't even, like, part of the show. He was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this as a whim thing to get 
people into it or whatever. Into it, okay. Oh, I just it just made me think that they were going to use the signs for later, and there was a reason why he wanted those signs back. Then yeah. he ended up holding up one more sign like two minutes later, and then they were just never touched on again. So I was like, well, it didn't make sense to me. But yeah, w- I mean, it does that you word it that way. I didn't think of it that way. WCW classic WCW. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat. I gave it like one and a half beers, uh, just because I felt like once they got the flow of the actual work in ring work going, it was pretty solid. Uh, there wasn't much to be attached to it. Like I mean. Even, you know, 22 years later, I don't remember the storyline, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm pretty, like, I'm, I can, I, you know, I, I'll forget, like, super important things in my life, but I could tell you, like, who wrestled who in 1996, second car, you know what I mean? Like, I just have, like, useless wrestling knowledge, and, like, I don't, the fact that I don't remember this angle, and I've watched religiously both Nitro and Raw without fail every single week, um, the fact that I don't remember this says a lot. So um, I, I, you shouldn't feel bad about it. I, di- I didn't really know much about it at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, it, it felt it felt like the worst parts of Memphis wrestling. You know what I mean? It felt like the worst parts of wrestling. The worst parts of like Southern wrestling that where it's all just pandering to the crowd and the baby face gets some shine and then holds up his fist to the crowd and they yell and then he hits the guy. You know, it's just, it was just a little too much hokey for me. Um, so yeah, beer, about a beer, maybe a beer and a half at best, because I do like Saturn too. I agree. I think that he had a lot of potential and just, I think his own demons got to him or whatever, but, um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, beer and a half, you know? Yeah. And guess what I, we have uh, next? Oh, what do we have next? More Nitro Girls! Cause that's what everybody, yes! everybody wants more Nitro Girls. Hey, maybe in 98 they did, man. Maybe we're just... Hopefully we're just a little more civilized now. I don't know. Yeah, I mean you've got a kid. We're all grown up. I mean, you know. Yeah, man. Oh, two two kids these days. Two it's kids, yeah. Drowning I don't know why I said a kid. I know you have two kids. <laughs> Here we are, man. Another Nitro Girls segment. I mean, is this like the this is the third time on the show, and we're and we're halfway through. So I think there was six times here. Uh, way too much here, but okay, so here we go. Just jumping straight into the next match. We finally get the actual Cruiserweight title match that we should have gotten to begin with. Uh, because Lord knows we didn't need 11 matches on this card, but that's what we got. So, Disco Inferno versus Kidman for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, to be totally honest, I really would have rather had, uh, Hoovy versus Kidman. Uh, but it's on brand for WCW to let me down, so, uh, that's fair, I guess. Um, and then, you know... It what like to me what's what's surprising is that I felt like this match wasn't even as good as the Hoovy Disco match. Uh, I thought I thought that it was really sloppy. I thought that they had a better like the 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 time was better. They used their time better. It wasn't as long, which I which is good. Um, but I I actually felt like Kidman was the sloppy one, which surprised me the most because I was a super Kidman mark. Now going back and watching this, maybe he was sloppy. Maybe that's why he never really got a big run and. WWE and just became a bad guy. Maybe he just never could get it completely right. Um, and honestly, like this show kind of gave me a little bit more respect for Disco's in-ring work because I just remember him as just being a gimmick guy. Um, but I felt like I felt like Disco worked really hard and Kidman was kind of sloppy. Uh, I didn't hate it, but I certainly didn't love it. Uh, it did get a little better as time went on, and it did end like with an appropriate amount of time. Kidman did hit the shooting star, the sloppiest one of all time, but he did hit it, and he retained. I'm going to give it two beers, maybe two and a half. Uh, what do you think out of six beers, Disco Inferno versus Kidman for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship? Uh, I gave it one and a half out of six. And and I think that Disco going over Hoobie was expected because the whole face-face, heel-heel situation, I feel like 
I never really saw that much with WCW. I could be wrong. Oh, totally. But I mean, even in my the only thing that did happen head, was in the cruiserweights, though. I mean, you saw a lot of uh, like Ultimo Dragon, Rey Mysterio. They're both baby faces. Uh, uh, Hoobie versus Ray, both baby faces. Um, there was a lot of there was actually a lot in the cruiserweight. So I thought it might fit here, but I see what you're saying though. Totally on brand with like '90s wrestling, heel versus face, always. Yeah, uh, there was lots of throwing and landing in the ropes. I could really tell the difference. Like they they had a smaller ring, didn't they? They were in the yeah. 16 by 16. And then WWF. WWE they ran the normal there. indie ring. Like the rest, the, when you see wrestling at, at, at like when you go see Southern Underground Pro or Revive or you know any of the southeastern like indie GCW, wrestling. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's 16 by 16. Yeah. Okay, and WWF was running a 20 by 20 at this 20 point. 20 by 20. That's massively different. <laughs> yeah. Huge. It's a, I can tell a huge difference, especially, you know, watching WWE as much as I do now and, and, and did at the time. There was just a lot of and people were doing the, the cruiserweight moves, but they were the they were just all up in the ropes. I feel like the, the, so fast, it, I yeah. can really tell a small, that it was much smaller. But yeah, yeah a beer and a half out of it. I, I wasn't really into the match. I, I didn't really care or was invested in who won i didn't really know much about either one of them honestly because kidman didn't really have that big of a run in wwe so um yeah just for me i just didn't care honestly right cool all right well before before we jump into before we jump into the next match because i feel like this is a good spot where we're kind of like halfway through the card how okay so let's say what what of the first six matches that we just covered do you think would land in 2020 like out of out of those first six matches could you see anything on this card from 22 years ago being able to be on in either an aew or an impact or a wwe new japan level in 2020 dude honestly only the opener i agree i agree i mean i I just even if you do that old school you know come out promo and then that leads to the match i mean that can still fly today yeah. So and then and the 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 ring work of those two guys and their chemistry the that's literally the only match that could stand up to today honestly. Okay. And so okay. So same perspective then, but in reverse. Let's say it's 1998, Benji. Like who 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 were your favorite wrestlers? What what do you remember from this year? If you can remember this year specifically, that like that you were attached to in wrestling. Was it all uh, WWF? Because you were, it just was weren't. Pretty much all WWF. I was a big okay. Sting fan. Um, okay. But it was more pre-Wolfpack. Like, I had completely forgotten sure. before this that, yeah. you know, the Wolfpack was even a thing. Yeah. Um, let's see, I was, I was excited that the Ultimate Warrior was coming back, even though I knew he was going to be past his prime. Sure. So I was, you know, excited. And how old were you in 1998? Like 12, I 11? I was 14. 14. Okay, so we're yeah. about the same age. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. so I was, I was, I I was born in 84, so I was 14. Yeah, yeah we're the exact and, same age. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was just a big WWF guy. Stone Cold was basically it. The Rock was coming into his own. DX for me, and, for sure. Uh, Undertaker. I mean, all that Attitude Era stuff. I loved Val Venus was great. I Definitely. was a big fan of D'Lo Definitely. Brown, Nation yeah. Domination. Yep. So, um, I don't know, man. I liked it. I liked the raunchier side of, of the wrestling stuff, I guess. Of course, of course, of course. Of course, naturally. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. Like, for me, I, I was just, dude, I, I mean, I still am. I, I have a friggin' wrestling podcast and I'm 36 years old so like of course like I was a supermark then like I had a VHS player they always had the Nitro replay too like especially later on in TNT they'd have like a two hour show and then right after they just replay it again on TNT so I would like watch Raw and then I'd have to go to bed and then I would just stuff a towel into my door like so you couldn't see the light and mm-hmm. I would just watch like 
nitro on like the lowest possible volume setting. And nine times out of ten, I got away with it. I got caught a couple times, but uh, I, I got away with it. And like, so I, I was religiously watching both shows. Um, for me in '98, I was def I was a huge fan of the Wolfpack. Like I, I remember that being like the babyface NWO brand. I loved DDP. Uh, I loved Kidman. I thought he was going to be, you know, I, I don't know. He was a skinny white kid with a weird nose, and I was a skinny white kid with a weird nose. So, like, yeah, it just it, it totally attached, like, to me completely, especially because he was doing cool stuff. And I felt like as time went on, he was wrestling bigger guys. I mean, he beat Hulk Hogan at one point in WCW. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, that was a monumental thing for me. Most people don't even remember that. But to me, because I was a supermark, uh, I remember, like, blowing up and, like, telling my friends, like, dude, Kidman beat Hulk Hogan. Like, that yeah, changed, see, I remember changed that. everything. Like, yeah. I, mean, I never watched that, but I, re- I remember that. Yeah, see, for me, like, in 97, 98, I would go back and forth between Raw and Nitro, but I would record Raw. So, like, as soon as Raw would go on a commercial break, I'd hit Nitro, and then as soon as I would check back and make sure that, you know, WWF wasn't back on. Yeah. And as soon yeah. as it was, I'd go back. So, yeah. that, so I would kind of know what was going on, and we would talk about it in school. Like, I had my little wrestling friends in school and everything, but... Uh, yeah, I was a 100% WWF guy, 20% WCW guy, where I would just kind of keep up with it just to know what was going on. So. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Well, here we are. Uh, it's uh, Scott Steiner and the Giants um, putting up the tag team gold versus Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell. Uh, man, the, the Giants smoking a cigarette to the ring popped me. That was my first note. I was like, how is he getting away with, like, I don't know. Man. I, I just didn't even know how to react to that. I mean, yeah. even as a smoker, it blew my mind. Yeah. So. It's just, it feels so wrong, especially in 2020. Like, dude, mm-hmm. that would never fly. Like, oh, God, that'd be such a big deal. Oh, no. man. Could you imagine just, like, live smoking anything on te- on no. live television? Like, even, like, any kind of tobacco, anything. Like, you, you no. just smoking, like. In a live setting would not happen in, on, in 2020. Do you remember this angle? On, it, it was on Raw, and this was uh, probably seven or eight years ago now. R-Truth was in a feud with John Borison. And uh, it was right before I feel that he had like his you know, John Cena match. And, uh, do you remember right this before like, Little Jimmy and all that? Yeah, yeah, just before this. Like R-Truth's heel turn. There was a yeah, match yeah. on Raw that they had, and R-Truth ended up like taking a cigarette from somebody that was like behind the bear, like the crowd. And then he took it, lit it and then smoked it. John Morrison. And it became a whole thing. And this was like seven or eight years ago, even oh, seven or eight years that. ago. That blew my mind. You I know? don't remember that at all. I'll have yeah, to go find I'll, that. I'll send you a link for it. It was just one of those things where you just watch it. You're like, they can do that right now. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It was Blew my mind. He walked to the ring with a cigarette. Well, it blew my mind how bad this train wreck of a match was, too, man. I felt like it was awful. If anything, I'm taking my beer home, and I'm not drinking a single damn beer with this. Um, I thought it was absolute trash booking. Uh, even with Rick, like, going over and eventually, like, winning the tag titles after... Obviously, you know, like, we already we already talked about Buff, you know, ends up swerving as quote-unquote, and then, like, starts beating up Rick, and it was just this awful... This whole thing. And then at the end, like... Like the Clinton guy comes out and it's just Buff again in a disguise. Like what? Uh-huh. Why? What? What? What is happening? Why? Did he why? Just stay there. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was know. beyond weird, dude. It was beyond weird. Zero beers for me. I'm going to the next bar. Zero beers. What did you? <laughs> uh, I, I I also did say zero beers. Um, yeah. I do like the way the turn happened when when Buff came into the ring and then they did the double clothesline against Scott and then 
Scott ducked it, and then Buff just turned and kicked Rick in the stomach really quick. I yeah. felt like that was a unique turn. Like, I knew it yeah. was going to happen. I just didn't expect it right there. So, I think yeah, that's that was the a only... Good it's a good yeah, spot, I'll say that. The only good thing, I think, that came from it. It drug on too long. Um, and then, I, as Rick Steiner kept getting beat up, I'm like, this WCW NW storyline is still happening, right? Am I wrong? Or is WCW no, NW... Okay, why did nobody come out to help Rick? Like, you have well, the NWO over there, Buffalo yeah. will turn... No WCW people are going to come out. That's the biggest argument with the whole WCW and WS storyline since day one. Like, that the okay. fact that they just ganged up and what, where are the faces? It's like, well, I mean, it's a little different here, too, now. Yeah, I mean, you, there's there's really nothing that you can do to make it, like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a mistake that they all made. Um, but what can you do? Right. Well, also, of note, y'all better pour double because we have our third and fourth low blow during this match. So. Third and fourth logo. So that's that's two more drinks that you that you two gotta have. That you gotta have yeah. here. What's yeah, the, I'm uh, going to I'm gonna go to the next bar with you, Daniel. That's uh zero beers for me too. Yeah, absolutely zero beers here. Um so we finally actually get a production package that we were talking about, like breaking down an angle and like, you know, actual video production thing, like explaining how we've gotten to this point, and it's Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash. I thought that the package that they had there was on par. I thought it was really good. What did you, what did you think about that? I, I, I just put a package that fills me in on storyline, and I, I'm eating a, drinking a full six-pack because I didn't need know what was going on at all, but I felt like I was more invested in this match now than yeah. I had been in any other match except for the opening match of the card. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, honestly, too, it's like, especially now that, you know, we're, we're both a little biased because we're both like WWF kids, you know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. for me, like, I'm... I mean, the whole reason why I ever even started watching was because Scott Hall jumped and Kevin Nash. And like, I'm, I mean, dude, I have a I have a Shawn Michaels tattoo. Like I'm I am a super mark for the click and like that whole mid 90s thing. Um, uh-huh. So for me, like that's what that's the whole reason why I ever even like I mean, we're both from the South, but I never really got into WCW as a kid kid really i was like at least my like adolescence like preteen, kind of like tween ages like when i got into wcw and it's all like because the attitude era kind of started really with the click because they left and then nwo happened and then dx happened after, like a year after that so it's like all of that really was like what sucked me in so to me the scott hall kevin nash like whole storyline i loved them as the outsiders i loved the original I'll say it again, the original inception of the NWO with just the three-man group mm-hmm. with just Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and, and Hogan. Like, I thought that it was great. And I felt like I, there was a time that I thought WCW was better than WWF. Uh, that didn't last very long, obviously. Uh, but there was a time, and these two guys were, were a big reason. Uh, and another thing, too, I'm glad you brought up, like, the size of the ring. But, like, in this match specifically, that's when I really noticed how small the ring is. Because, like, you know, Scott Hall's like, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not a small guy. Kevin Nash is, like, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, yeah. So, like, dude, I felt like they took one step to go from turnbuckle to turnbuckle. <laughs> right. And it was, like, I don't, like, it, God, it was, I mean, I thought, I thought I, I will say the, the package was great. I was invested in the, in the match. I wanted it to be good. It wasn't. It was not a good match. No. Uh, the flow of the match totally sucked. Uh, it didn't really make any sense, and it was long, and it was super anticlimactic. It was a silly finish because it kind of made it made Nash seem like a heel, 
even though he's mm-hmm. clearly the baby face in the match and he just walks away from a win after two power bombs. I don't know. It just like, I don't know. For me, it was a, it was a miss, uh, it, it, just for the, the promo package and the fact that I'm seeing Razor Ramon and Diesel in the ring. Uh, I'm, I'm at least going to drink one beer to that. Uh, but that's literally I'm drinking that one beer based on clout because the actual product was trash. Uh, what did you think about Scott Hall and Kevin Nash here? Uh, I'm also giving it just a beer just because of who's in that ring. But, um, I don't know. I, 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 I love the whole takeaway for me was Scott Hall and his working punches are insane. They're so good. I, I, that's in my notes. Yeah, best punch in the business. Yeah, just insane. I, I it's so good. But I mean, that's literally all they did. They punched and kicked, and there was a microphone to the head. There was a choke with a cord, and then the match just lasted too long too. And then he just gave him like a dozen knees or something. I mean, it's like I don't know if they were working lazy or were just not invested or didn't and care. And all of the alcoholic I, references, like, really rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, I, I, I agree. I feel like they were just not um, – it, it, it should have been better. It should have been better. It felt like a – you know, I mean, I know that these guys – like, I know the brawling is, is, all, is what they do best, really. I mean, again, like, Scott Hall does have the best right hand, I think, in the history of the business. I think he has the best right punch, bar none. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely fell flat for me. Um, awful psychology too. The fans clearly hated it too. It wasn't just me. I mean, it's just uh, sad to see these guys not deliver, especially considering they were in the prime of their lives at this point. You know what I mean? Right. But guess what we got next? I bet you oh, can't I, guess yet. I got it. My notes. I said Nitro Girls again. Again, seriously. dude. Again. again. Oh, I don't. Weak, know. bro. Super weak. Yeah, this is where I got up and got me a bologna and cheese sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> bologna and cheese, I love it. Oscar Mayer only, though, right? Mm-hmm. Only. That's has only. to be. Oh, yep, has to be. Has to be. Although, hey, do you, have you ever had uh, the Spam and cheese sandwich? I have not. It's delicious. Am I missing out? Okay. I mean, this is all tour food that we can talk about on a different episode, too, but you know, you know how it is. I know how it is. Yeah. When you scrounge uh, and and load thousands of dollars worth of gear to go play at like Nowheresville for fifty dollars, you know. Everything will taste good at that point. Everything tastes <laughs> good at that point. That's what she said. Moving on. Number nine, the match that to me is probably match of the night. Um, it's Bret Hart versus Sting for the WCW United States Championship. Uh, I know you said that you were a big Sting. Uh, Benji Brown, take it away, man. What do you think about Bret Hart versus Sting for the U.S. title? Well, the first thing that, that came to mind and that I wanted to ask you, because I figured you would help me through this, what was the reasoning behind the NWO splitting at the beginning anyway? Uh, I I just, I think that it was more of a, um, you know, the outsiders were getting over, like, in a, like, a cool heel way, and Hollywood Hogan. Still just a heel because he was kind of, I mean, to be to be call a spade a spade, he was older at that point, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't uh wasn't really working out for him. But gotcha. yeah, I mean, okay. you know, I think I think uh, I think that's what it was. I, I was excited to see Bret Hart on this card. I was a huge huge Bret Hart fan. I mean, where you like the NWO and and 
you know, the Outsiders and Shawn Michaels, the old school click. You even have a Shawn Michaels tattoo. For me, yeah. as much as I love Shawn Michaels, you're I love a guy. Ramon and Diesel. I was a Bret Hart guy. So I really hate what WCW did with Bret Hart. I absolutely hate it. I mean, I'm oh, glad he was sure. in this. I mean, I'm glad for he sure. was in this match. And, and I feel like for me, Bret versus Sting was a dream match. Yeah. So I knew it had happened. And I just never watched it because I had heard how horrible it was. Because I disagree with you. I was really disappointed in this match. But Oh, no, uh, no. I don't think it was a great match. I just thought it was one of the best matches on the card. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I disagree with you on that, too. But that's for a later time. So, okay. uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I, I didn't like Brett's little round sunglasses he wore. I thought Sting's goatee looked ridiculous with the red face paint. Um, I feel like the match got started too late. I feel like there was, it just took a long time for it to start. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, this is where you pour another drink because this is your fifth low blow of the night. Happens there we match. go. There we go. So, you know, but, uh, yeah, cheers. I don't know, man. I, 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 I gave it two out of six beers. I was just really disappointed. I mean, when when Bret Hart attacked Sting at the end with the baseball bat, where was his Wolfpack friends? Nobody came out and helped Sting, even when he was getting carted out on the gurney, which I nobody seemed to crash they, here in the crowd. They turned they turn, they turn that into a storyline. Uh, did they? Okay. Yeah. I felt like they needed to. If they, I mean, I don't know. I just I just feel like it was this a was kind of the end of the Wolfpack too. Oh, okay. not, not long after this. Uh, that not long after this is when Nash beats. I want to say it was. Uh, Spring Stampede uh, went so, which is only like four months after that is when um, when the Taser thing happened with Goldberg and Nash won the title. And the next the next Monday on Raw or on Nitro is the finger poke of doom when they like they all go back to just being heels. And so like they were trying to get the, the true baby faces out of the Wolfpack before Kevin Nash essentially went heel again. Well, then I gotta give it another beer because just having that context makes the match. It made more sense for that, for sure, and I do remember that. So, like, yeah, I think that's probably why I rated it. And again, too, like, I'm—I mean, I'm with you on like, dude, I was not a fan of Tomato Sting. It was just not what I was into. I—I thought like Tomato Sting. (laughs) Dude, I didn't—I didn't like him being in in any form of the NWO. I just didn't think it fit for his character. I thought it was a huge mistake. I mean, keeping him just Crow Sting would have been way better, like throughout the longevity of his career. this, I mean, to me, like even even as cool and, and like even being a, a young, you know, teenage mark for the Wolfpack, I didn't like even at the time I was like, oh, it's cool. Like I like Sting and I'm glad he likes my buddies, too. But really, like, I don't know. Then when Luger joined the Wolfpack, I was like, I'm out. Like <laughs> if Luger, Luger joins anything, it's not cool. Like it's Luger's not just cool not anymore. cool. He's not a cool person. He's never no. has been cool. So, like. I don't know. I was just not not with it. But I thought the match, like bell to bell, I thought the match was good. I did thought I thought the ref bump was like super awkward and lasted way too long. And he was just uh-huh. like laying in the middle of the ring and like getting in like just being interfering, like just being annoying. Like, dude, just take your bump and roll out. Like, and then Brett mm-hmm. will come get you when he needs you. Like, they need the mat space. It's only sixteen by sixteen. Like, yeah. I mean, it was just. Overall, I did think the match was good. I mean, I I like heel Brett. To me, heel Brett's the best bet. Brett, like oh, my, I love heel. I mean, Brett like ninety set, like everything with DX and the Heart Foundation in ninety seven mm-hmm. was absolute pure gold to me. I mean, realistically, everything that Sean and Brett did 
Iron Man match on was absolute gold to me, probably because it was real and we know that now. But even at the time, I was a super mark for that you feud. Were I, still yeah, am. I mean, it was a great story. Brett, Brett is a great heel. I felt like Brett should not. Phenomenal, phenomenal heel. Underrated, oh, yeah. underrated yeah. as a heel. Hundred percent. Yeah, man. So for me, I'm. I mean, I'm giving it three and a half beers, dude. Like I'm three. I'm. 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 I'm a strong buzz on this one. Like I'm not full drunk, but I'm a strong buzz. And I wish it was a little bit better. I wish that ref bump had not been so awkward. But I don't think it was either one of the performers' faults. And I knew where the storyline went after that with the whole carding out thing. So I was cool with it. And yeah. I'm so. And that. And that. I feel like that's why they gave it so much time too. Like carding. It was because it took forever for them to get him out of the ring. And, like, mm-hmm. nobody comes down. Like, it's awkwardly long. So that's why I feel like it made sense. Uh, but here we are, boys. Here we are. Jumping into not even really the main event, but the match that everybody paid to see. It's Hollywood Hogan versus the Warrior. Shoo-wee. Benji Brown, give it to me. Oh, okay. Well, I got to note that Bobby said again before this match started that Hogan hit the son of his brother again i just love how bobby keeps bringing that up but uh and then there was That's a sign too, though, which is kind of which is kind of fucked up but i know but i was just like i, I don't know just the way he said it and the, the just why would you word it that way it's oh so, i know it's awful it's so bobby i guess i <laughs> um there was a sign of the brain. crowd that somebody was holding and it just said bischoff retarded broke a gimp or all of the above and it had like a little checkbox and the little checkbox was clicked for and all the of the above. And the camera like zooming in and out on the all of the above. And I'm like, uh-huh. God. Oh. I'm like, wow. It's a horrible sign. Oh, horrible I, miss, sign. I miss 1998 for that reason. Oh, it was just, I don't know. Things were simpler back then. <laughs> um, I guess I said Warrior still brings the energy. He ran to the crowd. He had to take 10 minutes to catch his breath, but I mean, he ran. So that and he never fun. really did catch his breath, actually, but yeah. No, I, I just, man, WrestleMania 6 had its moments, but I, I was never a big fan of that match either. Oh, so it's a trash I, match. I, yeah, another ref down, refs get knocked down all the time. I mean, the whole pay-per-view was full. Like I said, ref bumps. I mean, the refs can't count to 10. There were several times during the matches previous on this card that they were trying to do a 10 count and that they would just forget how to count to 10. And there's no disqualification on this pay-per-view, apparently. They could have called it uncensored and gotten away with it as well. A fire paper thing. I don't I don't know. And then there's your seventh. The fire paper thing. Blow. How pathetic was that, though? Like, oh. Know. You could just hear the whole crowd get sucked out because they were like, oh, no, that wasn't supposed to happen. And you could just see the and panic like, on oh. his face. Like, yeah, what am you I going to yeah. do next? Yeah. And then oh. at that, like, I noticed that too, because like Warrior picked him up, and I could see Warrior calling spots, and I was like, bro, if Warrior's calling spots, this shit's about to get oh, really strong. bad. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and then this match gives you your seventh and final low blow of the Thank night. So wait, was just... there one in the actual main event? Uh, not that I remember. Okay, maybe I not. I put at the end. I put at the end no low blow. Sadly. So oh. if there was one, I missed it somehow. There was no, <laughs> there was no lightly fondling each other. No, you know, no, no. It's a work no. low blow. So at that point, you're just rubbing your forearm on the other guy's like <laughs> family much. jewels. Mm-hmm. No wonder you loved wrestling so much. Goodness yeah, gracious! I mean, wrestling helped me get where I am today. Happily <laughs> engaged to the man of my dreams. I guess. Yes. 
Shout out, shout out Andy May. We love him too here at the show. Shout out Andy May. Um, I don't know, man. I I wanted I wanted to like this match, but I knew how shitty it was. But I've never actually watched it before. You uh, asked me to be a part of this, and kind of glad I never did watch it. You know, for you, Daniel, I'll do anything. <laughs> don't say that too loud. Andy might get. Well, <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. Here we go now. Hey now, hey now, hey now. All right, moving on onward. We all we, dude. Okay. Arguably the worst Hogan match of all time. And Hogan's had some stinkers, right? Arguably the worst Hogan match of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, not only am I not buying beers, like, you're going to have to pay me a beer the next time I have to watch this. So that's when you, essentially like Dave Meltzer's negative stars. Like now, now WCW, I feel like owes me a solid two beers for having to have watched that. They should give Uh, me a 50% discount for my next WCW ticket if I have to. For for life. Literally Mm -hmm. for life. Yes, I agree. Uh, But onward. Onward, onward, and upward. Uh, and actually, anything after this has got to be better, right? So yeah. this month, actually, surprisingly, it's DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, the People's Champion, as Tony would say, even though somebody else on the other show had that name already. Uh, again, World Champion, the WCW Heavyweight Champion, if you will, Goldberg, and this is in his full, super over, like everyone is in love with Goldberg. He's massive. Uh, like the height of his hype is right now. Um, man, I mean, and, and that's the thing too. Like you can say what you want about Goldberg cause I'm not a big fan at all. Uh, but in 1998, dude, like there was nobody hotter than Goldberg in the business other than probably rock and Austin. But I mean, Goldberg was in the top, one of the top five biggest wrestlers in the world in 1998, N- not just in one company. He was massive. Everybody knew who he was. Goldberg had his own thing going on. I know he looked like Stone Cold. He was bald. He had the goatee. But the styles were totally different. The characters were completely different. Um, to me, I never even I never even made that comparison until I got older and listened to like shoot interviews and Mark DVDs and stuff that we all watched. And like when I real when I even noticed the comparison because I'm an idiot and I just never made it. But like, I mean, I don't know. To me, did you ever actually compare Goldberg to Steve Austin? Because I didn't. No. No, that's what I was about to say. Was no, I looked at Goldberg as as this monster, like just super buff, like gonna in a match in forty five seconds for Stone Cold. I never looked the at the original him. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how I looked at Goldberg. I never compared the two, whether it was a bald head or the black tights or whatever. I never compared the two, other than saying Goldberg is their number one and Stone Cold is WWS number one. So yeah, I never compared the two against each other in that form at all either so yeah man for me it was just like uh i mean i will say though i was a huge 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 gdp mark like i love diamond dallas page i thought he was awesome mm-hmm. i loved that ready to rumble movie that everybody shit on i i, oh, I love it I, I own it on prime video like i still I, I watch it from time to time actually that would be a fun watch along to do to get like oh, a, like a whole crew together like five of us and a bunch of mics and just do a watch along for ready to rumble and like just a case of beer I think it's a super that. fun time. Yeah, uh, that, we'll put that on the docket, boys and girls. We'll make that happen at some point when we get a lull, uh, when we get a lull in, in content. But I've got a lot of shit stacked up for uh, the coming weeks. We'll get to that. Before we do, what did you think about DDP versus Goldberg? Give me your overview, your deep, dark, dirty, stinky notes on this one. Uh, well, this is match of the night for me, and I gave it five out of six beers. This five out of got- six beers? Yeah, wow. this match is, is giving me a semi-boner right now. I thought it was really well done. I, I the the Goldberg 
I, I mean, Buffer, given the big match feel, I love me some Buffer. Goldberg with his little back handspring that he did, he was much more mobile than I ever thought he was because I didn't watch a lot of Goldberg at this point. Yeah. So for him to do that back handspring, I was like, what are you doing? And then I, I felt the two of them had a good chemistry. I feel like DDP really showed himself to be a main event guy because this is before oh, yeah. he ever won a world title, right? He yes. Was, what, this was like, did he have the U.S. title even at this Ooh, point? Actually, I think he might have won it in 98 before this, like early 98 or maybe maybe the end of 90. I think actually, I think he was the champion one time before this. I want to say okay. he won it from Randy Savage. Okay. Well, I, I, which I hear that feud was great too. It was. It was really good. Savage. Yeah, I feel really like good. I need to go back and catch up on that. No, I thought, I thought DDP really showed himself to be a main event guy. And yeah. when I found out that this match was on the card, I felt like it was too early for DDP to be a main event player. I didn't understand why he was in the main event against Goldberg. So I was like, I didn't feel like he had really hit to like mid-99, late-99. So no, it was before was, that, yeah. You know, so, so I felt like DDP really showed himself to be one of the big players. It just sucks that yeah. this is the one match that, because the pay-per-view cut out and they ran over time, Yes. They didn't even get to see this match. You know? And it was probably one of the better matches. I agree. I agree. This is one of the better matches on the on the card. Um yeah, yeah it did it does suck. That's just another WCW thing, man. I just I don't know, man. They could have they could have cut out three or four of the Nitro Girl segments. They could have uh cut out one of the yes. the, the one of those stupid promos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The the internet wcw.com they could have cut one of those out they could have made time for this to happen man i and and, and it sucks that it, it didn't at least they showed it on nitro the next night i did do a little bit of research and everything to kind of figure out what happened on nitro the last the night after so at least that but man i, I yeah five out of six i i feel like it was uh it was it was the crowning of ddp going into the future and it showed goldberg everything he could do because i at this point i feel like that's the longest match I've ever seen Goldberg in. 100%. WCW. I mean, I don't know, man. I, it really did it for me. So. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Look, I, I agree. I thought the match was great. I thought it's tied, so I'm still three and a half to maybe four beers on this. Because uh, it's just, I'm just not a Goldberg guy. But I will say, like, to me, like, ultimate tip of the hat to get that kind of rating out of a Goldberg match. I mean, you're the literally the only person to do it in the history of his entire career, not just WCW, but he never had really great matches in WWE either. So like, I mean, to me, the the, the one match that you could say would have been a great match from him in WWE was the match that he had against Lesnar, where he won the title. And it was literally yeah. just like three spears and a jackhammer because that's, they knew that's all he had could do. And that, and it was great. Like, but to be fair, he was doing that at this point in WCW. That was a regular Monday night for him. So, right. like, to, to, dude, at one point he like DDP was working on his arm, and it, and Goldberg was selling the arm. Like, and it was like he's supposed to be the machine. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I've never seen Goldberg sell that way. Never. Mm -hmm. Like, this was the most he ever sold. I thought that huge, huge nod to DDP. Like, this was like. Sometimes you forget how great he really was in the ring, man. Dude, DDP was a technician in the ring. Like yeah. he, he carried Goldberg through this match straight up. So, like, for sure, like, high rating. I had a three-way – to me, it was this one, the Brett match, and the Raven and Jericho match. They all got the same – pretty much the same rating. Maybe this yeah. one got a little bit more, but, like, at a pretty much tie. Um, overall, though, like, I was prepared to watch the worst ever WCW pay-per-view. 
Like that's what I had sold it to myself as. And it was a bad pay-per-view. It was bad. It was bad. But mm-hmm. there were there were there were moments in it that I am glad that I watched it, if that makes sense. I agree a hundred percent. I was going into it looking at the card and being excited about a handful of things, but then equally being let down, but still not being completely disappointed. You know, I feel like right. I didn't waste three and a half hours last night watching it from beginning to end. I feel like it was definitely worth the time. And like I said earlier in the show or earlier in talking with you here, uh, it makes me want to go back and look a little bit more of, of this time period and watch a little bit more WCW. So, I mean, that's a good thing. Ultimately for somebody, you want somebody to see your product and not be that familiar with it or be unfamiliar completely and then want to go and research more or continue watching. So, I mean, ultimately, if that was their goal with this pay-per-view, which we all know it wasn't, they accomplished that goal. So I'm going to go yeah. back and watch some old WCW. So. Oh, totally. And we will for sure. We will for sure. Um, so since we've been kind of doing this back and forth, is there anything now at the end of the card that you thought on the back half would have worked in today's climate? Because I'm going to say nope. Yeah, I would say no. I mean, no, there's no, I mean, possibly the last match, but there's not going to be another Goldberg. There's not, I don't see somebody doing or filling a role that he did in 1997 and 1998, you know? Right, and that main event style isn't the main event style anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the same thing. I mean, you pull that match out now, people are going to be bored and give it one star the next day, you know? I mean... I don't know. No, I, I agree 100%. There's literally nothing on the second half of this that would work today at all. Okay, so now I'll ask you one more question. Uh, we, we've touched on it a, l- a little bit. We made it kind of funny, but I want to kind of give you uh, a little bit of time here uh, because I think it's a really interesting question, and I think that uh, not uh, not enough wrestling fans like know how to ask it. Um, so because you and I have been friends for a long time, and you know I love you to death, and I know that you love me, we've kind of made fun of it a little bit. What is it actually like as a gay man – watching professional wrestling like like you know what i mean like like what what are your draws to it is is it similar like like do you have a different feeling when you watch women's wrestling you see what i'm saying like is what's the what is the actual tangible difference that you can interpret to uh you know i guess straight hetero males i think that's a good question um i think i don't think it's it's not that different I look for in I, I want I want characters to fall in love with. I want yeah. good strong matches. I yeah. look for I feel the same thing that you know any typical heterosexual male or female wrestling fan looks for in a match. Yes. There's just certain things where like you know Randy Orton's hot as hell. When he comes to the ring it makes me happy to see Randy Orton in the ring. Sure. It doesn't but if Randy Orton was a shit performer I'd shit all over him. I mean, straight me, up. So, so a wrestler being Sasha attractive. Banks is hot as hell. She can right. also really work. I yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, dude, I like I appreciate this point of view. I think it's super cool to like be able to share because I know there's so many wrestling fans that are like, well, I wonder what it's like if you're like gay. Watch this. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I I've had that thought. Like, just like in my weird brain. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, especially yeah. like, okay. So women's wrestling. What is the, is that, is that? What is that like for you? Do you obviously because obviously you don't have the same like well like Alexa is hot as hell because you know you have you have that different vibe you know. Right. No. 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 I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like I. I Alexa Bliss is gorgeous. Uh, I would, I would, if I was a straight male, I see 
all the loving attributes with her and her character and 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 she's a great worker which makes me yeah. like her even more yeah. um uh, i don't know man like i i look for i mean i look for the same thing in women's wrestling and i don't look at it any differently uh, i mean i think that. that mickey james is the most gorgeous woman on the wwe roster she's, yeah, she's a little she's a little bit up there in age but i feel like the way that she dresses and the way that she wrestles and the way that she looks i mean i'm a huge mickey james fan the girl so, thick, I mean, too. Mm. So, I mean, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I look for the same thing. I, I like I like Ring Gear. I'm a Ring Gear fan. And I think that maybe yeah. I'm not Ring Gear fan as in, oh, I like what Randy Orton's wearing tonight because I can see what he's packing. I don't look at it like that at all. Sure. Like, I, don't, I look at it as, okay, here, let's take case in point, okay? Keith Lee. Let's talk about Keith Lee. What do you think about the way that he looks right now? Just just his aesthetic and and the, the like what his re-gear is. So you mean like what they've done with him since they put like his new gear with a like the yeah, singlet just, type just thing? Yeah, just based on just I, gear. I, I, mean, I, I liked it better with when he just had like the shorts because I felt like he had like this. It's like it's not overly. He 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 reminds me of like a, a str- like strong man, not necessarily mm-hmm. like bodybuilder, but like like because there's like there's you know there's there's meat there. It's not just like this chiseled bodybuilder. You know what I'm saying? Like he, dude's right. got meat, but he moves so agile. Like to me, like the best comparison is like. If you put, if you put like Daniel Bryan and Bam Bam Bigelow's body, that's Keith Lee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I I think that because a lot of people are like, oh, he's a big guy. He's like a he's like the next Bobby Lashley. It's like, dude, he yes, he's a big guy. Yes, he's got a lot of power, but that dude has more athletic ability than Bobby Lashley has. And I know that Bobby Lashley is an MMA fighter and all that. I'm not knocking Bobby Lashley because I think he's great too. But Keith Lee is different level. Right. Different level. Okay. But based on just like, and I agree a hundred percent. I'm a huge Keith Lee fan. I hate the way they make him look now as well. Agreed. I like his old ring gear. Agreed. Okay? Agreed. But but it's the same thing with you. I don't look at it as oh well, he was wearing less clothes in NXT, so that's why I like that ring gear. Right. I look at it as I feel like he just looked more imposing right. as a character, and you felt the same way. But yeah, you're not. You know what I mean? Like we have no, totally feeling about it. So that's why I think I'm I'm trying to compare is that like even being a gay man and and seeing a wrestler in less clothes or, or a mark whatever, is a mark. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, I love I, it. it. I love doesn't it. Doesn't do anything different to me, but yeah. So the question is answered then. So now we know. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I hey, I appreciate that honesty. I appreciate that insight because that's not something that we we get often. And so uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'm sure there are. I mean, I, and I can't speak for. I mean, all all gay guys. I mean, it's just. You know, that's just the way that I look at it. And, and right. I mean, we get it's just like straight guys. I mean, you're going to get excited when a hot woman comes out, you know, and it's the same thing for us. But at the same time, it's like we don't watch the wrestling just because we see dude in their underwear. Yeah, wrestling you know? is not porn. You know what I mean? No, like, exactly. It's no, not wrestling like... is athleticism and a soap opera for us to fall in love with. And totally have an hour and a half long conversations about. So. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you being on here. Uh, I felt like we had a pretty good show, even though talking about one of the worst uh, pay-per-views of all time. Where can people find you, Benji Brown? Uh, I'm still on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Benji Nashville, or you can find me on Instagram at Benji Nashville. And I just uh, started a TikTok, too, when I have a yes! video on there. And it's I, I don't know what I'm going to do with TikTok, but 
I'm obsessed with it. So you can love find it. it at Benji Nashville on TikTok as well. We'll see what happens there. So I love it, Benji. Well, I have some plans for you. Let me run run through the rundown here. Today was Halloween Havoc 1998. I was privileged to be joined by the amazing Benji Brown, a longtime, lifelong friend at this point. Uh, next week, we're getting the KG cast, the original co-host of KFA Comparisons, is going to be coming back for our happy hour episode. Uh, this one is also it's doubling as our happy hour and our pop culture episode for the month. We are doing uh, Benji. You're gonna love this one. It's um it's all it's all it's a happy hour. So it's a dozen questions on each side, and uh, we're only doing Nintendo trivia from from Nintendo and Super Nintendo. So oh, that oh, one's gonna oh. be a super fun one to do. I know that you were a super huge Mario Mark. Um, yeah, might have to get you might have to get you on one of those uh, coming up pretty soon. If, uh, if the invite's there, I'm, uh, I'm in, sure. Yeah, man, 100%. 100% will make it work. The following week is going to be October 28th, and me and the current Kayfabe crew, which is Jesse Baker and Wesley Lawson, they're going to be joining me for the uh, the coverage of Hell in a Cell from 2020. And then this is what I was going to ask you. We're going to cross into November. It'll be November the, the, uh, the, November, the first week of November. I guess it'll come out. The episode will be November the 7th. Um, but... Uh, me and Benji had already talked about doing an episode of for Survivor Series because it'll be Survivor Series season in November. Uh, Benji, what is your favorite Survivor Series of all time? Uh, uh, it's it's not going to be a popular opinion, but I got to go. Nineteen ninety two is my favorite. Nineteen ninety two. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. So me and Benji on November the seventh are coming at you with. 1992 Survivor Series. I'm into it. I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. I just pulled it out of the air. I didn't even ask him about this beforehand. I was you just like, hey, what's this? No, don't spoil it at all. Don't you spoil it at all. That, you don't want to know the main event? Let me give you the main yeah, event. Yeah, give me the car. You can give me the you can give me the matches. Just don't don't spoil it. It is Bret Hart and the British Bulldog, the IC title in the main event, Wembley Stadium. Oh no, we covered this one. Oh, did you? Yeah. We covered that one. Okay, Give me another one. Favorite. Give me another one. Have you done 91 yet? We have not done 91. Uh, it's uh, Undertaker and Hogan, the world title, Rick Flair's there. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what we'll do. 91, Let's okay. That one. That's, my, that's my second favorite. Perfect. Survivor uh, Series 91, because you guys have already heard our watch along. We did a watch along of Survivor Series 94. That's right, I remember that now. Or 92, I'm sorry, it was 92, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. So we're going to do Survivor Series 1991. That's going to be coming at you in November. Guys, that's a month of programming coming out. Thank you guys so much for sticking around here. My name is Mr. Know-It-All Daniel John Schaefer. I have been blessed to be joined by the godfather of the Nashville rock scene, Benji Brown. That's going to do it for us. We're out. Peace.